Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hi, Billy Cunningham, the great American, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Telephone number, as always, is 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. The great one is off on sabbatical somewhere near a mountaintop listening to a mystic. His book, of course, Out, Life, Liberty, and Levin is uh, the show itself, Fox News, 10 p.m. on Sunday. Mark Penn, former Hillary Clinton advisor, but Mark Penn has more lucid moments now than he used to have. And then also the book on freedom of the press. And uh, it's number one in the New York Times bestseller, number one in USA Today. It's an incredible read. I uh, Mark uh, sent me an autographed copy about three weeks ago, and I spent about two nights reading it, and it's fabulous, and it lays out an iambic pentameter, according to uh, your good friend of mine, Curtis Lewa, as to what the mainstream media has done to this country, what it continues to do to this country, and will keep doing to this country until they're stopped. Uh, I say because they will not stop, the mainstream media must be stopped. By that I mean, don't read the newspapers, don't watch the television shows, don't listen to any talk radio host who might be liberal, although most of them are out of business because no one's listening to them. And so if they don't stop, they must be stopped. Unfreedom, the press lies it out as clearly as anyone could ever as what the media's done in this country. And here's the amazing part as a great American that's happening. There is one business in America, only one, protected by the United States Constitution. The founding fathers... Yes, there were no mothers. The founding fathers who put this whole thing together back in beginning in 1776 with the Declaration, then 1787, then the first president of Courts Georgie in 1788 knew that there had to be one business protected by the United States Constitution. It wasn't the, uh, it wasn't the uh, plastics business. It wasn't the home improvement business. It was, number one, the press business. At that point, it meant leaflets. It meant newspapers. And then it's developed into today all the way up to blogs and up to other kinds of fancy ways of communicating. But they knew early on that for the American people, represented by you and me, there had to be free and fair and objective information given by the media, given by the press, so that informed Americans could cast an informed ballot. And without that protection... We would have a biased, prejudicial media that would advance their agenda instead of the American agenda. Most clearly, coming back from the great trip the president had on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I guess he's back now on terra firma. There has not been a more successful foreign policy trip by any president in my lifetime, short of maybe when Nixon met Cho En Lai and also Mao Zedong, than the one just engaged in by President Donald J. Trump, number 45. It was wonderful. The guy was brilliant. He, he wine, dined, and pocket-lined leaders of France and England. The speech on D-Day uh, yesterday I thought was fabulous, unbelievable. His presentation was magnificent. But we heard from the mainstream media that the, his, maybe his, his tux didn't fit. Should Melania, the most striking, the most successful first lady of my lifetime, wore sunglasses inappropriately? 
And so when the founding fathers said, we got to give freedom of the press from the oppressive arm of the government to independent bodies to gather objective information upon which voters can pass and, and, and cast informed ballots, that the book on freedom of the press clearly demonstrates that the mainstream media has completely lost its way. And I would suggest to you, it's not coming back anytime soon. So that means to get objective information today, you must listen to the great American, to the great one, to the two other kings and some princes of talk radio, the Curtis Lewis, the Sean Hannity's, my good friend, Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh is the Michael Jordan of talk radio. Rush Limbaugh in 1988 is the best at what he's done, and he's done that for 31 years. But to me, as one individual American, as a great American, when I drive around, I live in Cincinnati, the highways and the byways of the so-called tri-state. It's not Connecticut, New Jersey, New York. No, no. It's Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. I often gauge when I come and go based upon when Mark Levin is on the radio because he's informative. He's hilarious. He tells me things I didn't know, gives me sides of stories I didn't think about. The guy is absolutely wonderful. And so when I spoke to him a couple weeks ago and he said, hey, Willie, can you pinch it for me on June 7th? Got some things going on with other mystics. I said, absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's how important it is. So the book on Freedom of the Press talks about how MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, every big city daily, NBC, ABC, CBS, throw in Fox News at times. Uh, have, have completely lost their way and have become ideologues. They do not give us objective, fair, unbiased information. What they give us is their viewpoints packaged as objective and fair, which, of course, it is not. And this was driven home to me earlier today. Like many, what I try to do to test my own judgment about important issues, whether it's race or politics or economics, is that what I do is listen to the other side. Rarely, every now and then, maybe on an issue like uh, gay marriage, over years, I may switch and say, you know what, on gay marriage, I'm a practicing Roman Catholic. If the government would require a Roman Catholic priest to perform a gay marriage, I would arise with millions of others like a mighty tsunami from the bowels of the Pacific Ocean and absolutely protest in any which way I can that requirement that a Catholic priest should and must perform a gay marriage. Because to me, that is an intifada. That is unbelievable. And so if if a gay couple in New York City or in Baltimore, or Los Angeles, or in Cincinnati, or Spokane, if they want to go down to the clerk's office and join hands and recite some state-approved words, and suddenly they have the rights, duties, responsibilities, limitations, and expressions of so-called marriage, I'm okay with that. That wasn't my position 10, 20, 30 years ago, because it was colored by my religious beliefs. But if, if others feel differently than I, and it's not in a religious context— and they want to go to the clerk's office and express their love for each other and take upon all the responsibilities of marriage, I say now, so be it. So I sometimes listen to the other side in order to project and think about my own feelings. So when I was earlier today getting ready for this great opportunity with with Mark Levin and his millions and millions of devotees from, from Maine to Hawaii, from Alaska to Florida, every state, every city, every county, every burg, every township in between, I spent some time watching... Al Sharpton on MSNBC. Normally, when I come across that, I skip through it as quickly as I can. But I thought, you know what? I want to test my my belief system against left-wing ideologues and see 
if I'm right or wrong, and it may fortify my opinions or it may cause a change in the expression. After several minutes of listening to Al Sharpton, who, by the way, is a good friend of Curtis Lewis, I thought to myself, my God, am I right about race, race in America. And Al Sharpton spent time, of course, attacking Donald J. Trump, who, by the way, has given Al Sharpton hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years. There's practically every award that Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton could give a private citizen, they have given to the president. Because, generally, they take money from him for the last 20 or 30 years in New York City. As you know, I spent an entire uh, 400 days in New York City doing my my, uh, television show. And I absolutely loved, I went in not liking New York, I came out loving New York City, came out loving the people there. And, and so I know how the game is played. And the game is played in New York City, you, you have to butter certain palms, otherwise you got to put the jam on the crackers, otherwise you can't get things done. So because Trump played the game so well, there are many photos and awards and accolades that came from the Rainbow Push Coalition and elsewhere in Harlem, giving to the president many awards. At that time, of course, he was a private citizen. So I'm listening to Sharpton, who's just ripping on the Republican Party and ripping as much as he can on the president and talking about the glories of the Democratic field, how great some of the pretenders are, the pretenders. Elizabeth Warren, for example, pretends to be an Indian when she clearly is not. Cory Booker, New Jersey, pretends to be Spartacus when I don't think he's a Roman slave. You have uh, one guy, Bernie Sanders, pretending to be a socialist when really he's a communist, beginning in 1988 or before. You have Kamala Harris, senator from California, pretending to be African-American when her father's from Jamaica and her mother's from the great nation of India. You have all this pretending going on in the Democrat Party, yet Al Sharpton's in there 1,000% talking about the racists in the Republican Party. Let's you and I go back in time a little bit with the Rich Valdez and many others and talk about the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party was the party of the Confederacy. The Democratic Party in the South, after Fort Sumner, declared war on my country, the United States of America. The Democratic Party did that. And they fought and killed 600,000 Americans during the Civil War that was fought in large part to eliminate slavery because it was such a horrible condition. And that Republicans fought like crazy when Democrats embraced slavery. So Democrats were the party of Slavery and the Confederacy, the party of buying and selling black people, the party of raping black women and black girls, the party of brutal scourges and beatings and murders. That was the Democratic Party, and it was formed in that way in the South, correct? Historically, 100%. Then having lost the Civil War to my country, the United States of America, they then enact a system of Jim Crow in which there was vicious discrimination against African-Americans perpetuated by the Democrats in the South. They also went about the business of lynching about 4,000 African-Americans. The Democrats did all that, hung them from trees, beat them to death, raped the women, beat the men to death, and uh, beat up the children, sold them, whatever it took. And this was after the Civil War. That's the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is the party of Al Sharpton today, Jesse Jackson, and the Democratic Party of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, and all those 22 Democratic candidates, that's the party to, to which they yell and scream and embrace the philosophies, the principles, and the history of that Democratic Party. The Democratic Party that killed 600,000 Americans. The Democratic Party that enacted Jim Crow laws, vicious discrimination based upon race. The Democratic Party that hanged 
beat, shot, murdered, and raped black women all over the South from 1865 through about uh, 100 years later. That was the Democratic Party. Has it changed much today? Take a look. New York City. Take a look at Baltimore. Maybe uh, Detroit, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco. Go to Austin, Texas, Memphis. Cincinnati's been controlled by the Democratic Party now for almost 50 years. Of course, in Chicago, it's more like 90 years. Democrats control all the major cities in this country. And in fact, you can't find a Republican with a searchlight in most urban areas of this country. What's the status of African-Americans all over America? They like the south side of Chicago or in Harlem. What's the status of homelessness in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Seattle? Destroying it. And which political philosophy and which political party is kept in power exclusively by African-Americans, almost embracing the Stockholm Syndrome, in which they take on the attributes of their captors? Because the leadership of the Democratic Party understands you got to pay off prominent African-Americans like Al Sharpton, give him TV shows to shut them the hell up. Otherwise, he would turn on the Democratic Party and say, wait a minute. You're the party of the Ku Klux Klan. You're the party of Jim Crow. You're the party of the Confederates. You're the party of African-American lynchings. You're the party of massive lawlessness on the south side of Chicago. You're the party of urban public education in complete collapse and decay. What have you done for us lately? The answer is nothing, nada. To quote a famous politician, what the hell do you have to lose? So I was listening to Al Sharpton earlier today, and I'm thinking, what the hell is he talking about Trump and the Republicans? Compare what the Democrats have done to African-Americans for the last 400 years. You get some sense of what hypocrisy is ripe and not rare in the modern Democratic Party. All right, I'm done babbling. I want to get your calls, your comments on this. Plus, I want to ask you the big question. How successful was the president's trip to Normandy? to France, to to England, to Ireland? Uh, Was the media right to criticize and talk about his non-fitting tuxedo and the sunglasses worn by Melania? And where was Meghan Markle? Where was Meghan Markle? We can't find Meghan Markle. Who gives a crap about Meghan Markle, a B-rate actress who who struck it rich with Harry? I couldn't care less about her. Here's the number to call, 877-381-381. 3811. Success or failure more. Bill Cunningham, the great American, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com.
understand, as uh, we come on the air tonight, that the tariff war with Mexico is allegedly still on. I pray to God the president says the president has the steel spine. I suspect that he does have. Imagine, you know, there's a wonderful Christmas movie out. Jimmy Stewart, you see it every now and then. It's probably about 50 years old. It's a wonderful life. I think it's Bedford Falls or something like that. It's a little town he's in. You know, one way the city was great. It was fine. There were flower shops and there were churches and there were moms and dads together with kids. And then there's the Democratic way of looking at things. There were speakeasies and gambling joints and derelicts and drunks on the street, kind of like in Los Angeles. It's kind of reminding me of cities controlled by Democrats. The longer the city was controlled by Democrats, the more it looks like the bad side of that movie. Because when I watch uh, Ben Shapiro does a great job on this uh, on his website. Mark Levin is fabulous, of course, when it comes to the issue. Brian Kilmeade does a great job of talking about what happens to cities or states long under Democratic control. It's like a cancer. It metastasizes. It's like a, a virus infection. You just get sick after a while. Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Austin, Texas is beginning to have a terrible homeless problem. And it's because Democrats are in charge. The longer the Democratic Party controls something, the worse and worse it, it becomes. Imagine a world in the future when uh, Donald Trump Jr. used the term yesterday, the Hamas caucus, when certain members of the U.S. House of Representatives speak more positively of Hamas, like Omar and Tlaib, than they speak of America. I, I wonder how long. Under the policies of Bill de Blasio, can New York City remain a great city with filth and degradation and, and cops being chopped in the back of the head with tomahawks? What the hell's going on? What if the mainstream media, just for like a month, said, you know what? We're not going to mention Trump for the next 30 days. We're going to talk about the failure of public education under control of the Democrats. We're going to talk about the proliferation of crime under control of Democrats. We're going to talk about the status of public education under the control of Democrats. The longer the Democrats are in charge, the worse every element of life becomes. How, how, many, how many jobs are formed in democratically controlled areas in any major city? Are companies moving in? When one tried to move in, Amazon, look, look what AOC did to them. They don't want jobs. They don't want creation of new opportunities. They don't want you to control your life. They want the government to control your life. They want to make sure that energy and medicine, all controlled by the Democratic Party, they will parcel out to their friends the benefits, and they'll make sure that if you're a conservative, you'll be chased out of restaurants and airports, beat up and scourged. All right, let's continue. The line becomes available at 877-381-3811. Bill Cunningham in for the great one. Mark Levin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, and recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. 
And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers in Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Liberty's Voice, Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. All right, Bill Cunningham, the great American, in for the great one, Mark Levin, on Sunday night, 10 o'clock on Fox, Life, Liberty, and Levin. It's appointment TV for me, and uh, his guest on Sunday is Mark Penn, a former uh, Clintonista, but uh, he's seen the light, has more lucid moments now than he's had in a long time, so Mark Penn will be uh, will be the guest of uh, Mark Levin on Sunday night, 10 o'clock, plus the book is on Freedom of the Press. One last thought before I turn the show over to you. We do what we do because you, the customers, buy the products, goods, and services that we're selling. And that this is a listening post for normal, God-fearing Americans like Monica in Florida, Tom in Florida, John in Denver, Sweet Lips in New York City, Brent in Los Angeles, Attila in Wisconsin, and others can kind of come on a national program with millions and millions of listeners and demonstrate either your brilliance or your stupidity, which I certainly enjoy. One last thought. What if CNN, the Clinton News Network, would say, you know what, we're done bashing Trump having a political motive to eliminate him from office? By the way, for two reasons. It isn't about Trump. Trump is the character. Trump is the personality. Trump is the bridge to get the Democrats and their media friends to where they want to be, which is appointing all the federal judges. And number two, handing out billions of dollars to liberal organizations. So the reason Nancy Pelosi wants Trump literally in jail locked up. The reason Senator Warren said yesterday that she wants Trump perped walked out of the White House. Language that if employed against Barack Hussein Obama would cause a national conniption fit. The real reasons the Democrats want power is, number one, federal judges. Number two, control of the federal budget to hand out billions of dollars to groups like Planned Parenthood and elsewhere so they can recycle the money back to them and keep them in power. But what if CNN, the Clinton News Network, would say, you know what? Why don't we spend the next 30 days investigating urban public education? To talk about, say, the last 10 years, how the cost, the price has risen, and the results have gone down. About four years ago, during the end of the Obama administration, Arne Duncan, as you know, was Secretary of Education, another uh, Chicago great uh, graduate, along with Rahm Emanuel and Jesse Jackson and Louis Farrakhan and Jeremiah Wright and Barack Hussein Obama and Michelle Obama, said that the average high school African-American graduate, and half don't graduate under Democratic rule, but of the half that graduate, On average, the reading of proficiency is at the eighth grade level. And so what if CNN said, you know what, we have spent trillions of dollars and take the top 25 urban areas in their public school system and let's gather unvarnished objective facts. Let's have a chart of the last 10 years. The price of education has gone from $11,000 per student to $17,000 per student, which is a 53% increase. And let's talk about graduation rates let's talk about educational achievement let's talk about uh, talk about objective testing how, how do the kids do the longer you're in a democratic controlled public education system how are we looking what what if they went into Los, Los Angeles County Public Schools and said you know what let's do an uh, independent analysis of the last 15 or 20 or 30 or 50 years what the Democrats have done just to public education 
and, and take any of the major cities and say, are they succeeding in their efforts? Is money a problem? Washington, D.C. public schools on every spend, about $18,000 per kid per year. What are the results? Completely controlled by the Democrat. What are the odds of a Republican like Rich Valdez getting elected to Congress in New York City or any conservative Republican getting elected to become the mayor or in city council of Washington, D.C.? The answer is non-existent. It will never happen. It cannot happen. Because the media has not given to the electorate, to the population, to the voters under the First Amendment protected thereby, the objective information upon which to cast an informed ballot. I would have to assume, and I know I know I'm being told to get to the cause, I'm gonna do it. One last thought. City of Chicago, controlled by Democrats for ninety-four years. You can't find a Republican with a search warrant in the city of Chicago. In fact, if you're a Republican, your garbage doesn't get picked up, your electricity gets turned off, and you live in, live in the dark because you're a Republican and the message is sent. You can't find a Republican anywhere in New York, anywhere in New York to be elected or Chicago. What is the status of the African American population on the south side of Chicago, 500,000 strong, under Democratic rule for 90 years, that votes 90% Democrat? What has the Democratic Party done except destroy African Americans by policy on the south side of Chicago? The same thing the Democrats did in the 19th, 18th, 19th, and 20th century to African Americans in the South, which is Confederacy, lynchings, Jim Crow, discrimination, rape, robbery. That's what Democrats did to African Americans in the South for like 300 years. And, and then they enacted the same policies in urban areas. How bad is it? If anyone has a choice and has economically the choice of send your kid to Chicago public schools or to a private school, you got a choice. No reasonable adult would ever send a kid to an urban public school controlled by the Democratic Party because the educational systems are non-functional. The behavior, the achievement, whatever it is. And God bless the teachers who put up with it, the behavior of the students. God bless them. I don't understand why national media, the Chicago Tribune ought to do it. Let's do a 10-year study of what Democrats have done to public education, criminality, job creation. How about property values? How about any objective measurement of a city controlled by the Democratic Party? How successful have they been? Can you name one city in America? One. Maybe it's in Wisconsin or California or Colorado or Florida or Texas. Where for 50 years, the Democratic Party has controlled this public education system, and it's the envy of the world. High-achieving scores, great job placement, high college achievement. To my knowledge, there's not one. So why does the media ignore it? Because they're part of the problem. The national media is part of the problem. They are the megaphone. They blast out the viewpoints of left-wing progressives slash socialists slash communists and have done so for the past 30 to 40 years. The treatment Trump received on his trip for D-Day wasn't significantly different than the treatment Ronald Reagan received when he met with Margaret Thatcher. The protests were 500,000 strong. There were idiots and derelicts of every description, miscreants, marching around about Reagan's going to get us into a nuclear war. We're going to all be killed. And they believed it. Now, the protests by against Trump were certainly much less than the 1980s with Thatcher and Reagan. But that's the hatred, the vilification of the left. It hasn't changed one bit. Where are the successful, the great, 
American cities controlled long by the Democratic Party by any objective measurement. They don't exist. So why does the media cover that and say, this is what you promised and this is what you delivered? So, I don't know, it's exasperating at times. It's difficult at times. Thank God we have uh, Ben Shapiro and Brian Kilmeade. Thank God we have uh, individuals, Curtis Sliwa. Thank God you have the Savage Nation and me. And thank God you got Mark Levin and other conservatives that you can listen to to reflect your viewpoint. Sometimes we lead, many times we reflect what you're not hearing in the mainstream media. And lastly, before I turn things over to you, one last thought. I've been asked often, why do liberal talk show hosts never make it and conservatives dominate the, the media? When it comes to talk radio, here's the answer. Because the left wing committed progressive media is so subjective in their viewpoints, expressing far left wing viewpoints through Al Sharpton, MSNBC, New York Times, etc. Average God fearing Americans do not have reflections of their values, their morals or ethics. They, they don't have that. So if you if you watch CBS Evening News, if you read the New York Times, if you read the Los Angeles Times or the Tribune, if you read any newspaper, uh, Trump received basically no endorsement by any newspaper. He was hated. If you want to have some fun, I would encourage you before you go to bed tonight, go to YouTube and put in uh, 2016 election night media coverage and watch the meltdown of the mainstream media who fully do not understand what happens in Wisconsin. Uh, I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Ohio voted nine percentage points plus for Trump. They have no clue what's happening in Michigan, Pennsylvania. It's flyover country. They don't know. They, they, they have no clue. And so the reason conservatives succeed, it's the one part of the world in which we have an outlet for our viewpoints. If the mainstream media was completely conservative, then liberal talk shows would become successful as the counterbalance to what you have. Imagine a world today in the last 30 years without people like Ben Shapiro and Curtis Leo and Brian Kilmeade, Mark Levin, and, of course, myself. Imagine that world. Where would you get alternative viewpoints that reflect reality and reason, logic, common sense, and values, and morals, and ethics? There's nowhere. CBS, NBC, are you kidding me? Al Sharpton, are you kidding me? And I would assume, out of Chicago... We've had uh, civil rights leaders, perhaps unprecedented, with uh, Jesse Jackson. We have political leaders, unprecedented, like Barack Hussein Obama, Ron Emanuel, Arne Duncan, respected national characters like, like Michelle Obama. We have the Jeremiah Wrights. We have Louis Farrakhan. That's Chicago. I would have to assume, if I'm thinking logically, which I like to think I do, that those in Chicago who live there, born there, raised there, pay their taxes there quite high, whose children go to those schools. Of course, not the public school system in Chicago. Nobody in Chicago would send their kid if they loved him to a public school. I would have to assume that the Arne Duncans and the Rahm Emanuels and the Valerie Jarrett's, I'd have to assume that the Barack Hussein Obamas and the Rahm Emanuels and the Arne Duncans and the Michelle Obamas would employ, would enact their theories and their beliefs in their hometown before they would force those beliefs on the entire country. I would have to assume, then, that the south side of Chicago has no crime, job proliferation, great academic success in the public school system. I'd have to assume that moms and dads can sit on their porches and walk the city streets on the south side of Chicago under Democratic rule without fear of crime being inflicted upon them. By other Democrats. I'd have to assume that South Side of Chicago, because Obama and Farrakhan and Jackson are there, my gosh, that's got to be a great place. Now, 
unlike you, uh, maybe, I, I drove through the south side of Chicago once, and I wanted to go through it. Of course, it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon to make sure that my vision, my theories about a horrible, horrible status in which democratic policies have been inflicted upon African-Americans, I could look at it. I saw the, the gangbangers. I saw the druggies. I saw street corners. I saw dice games. I saw dilapidated housing like in Detroit, where farm animals are now grazing after 80 years of democratic rule. Why doesn't the media say, wait a minute, instead of being the mega voice and the reflection of the Democratic Party, why don't we investigate the implementation of Democratic policies? Would that make sense to anyone other than me? Why not do that? Because the media wants Democrats to win because the Democrats reflect the political opinions of the left-wing progressives and the mainstream media. And they want federal appointments especially the judiciary, and secondly, they want billions of dollars under their control to give to their friends that will give it back to them when they run for re-election. And two years of that under Obama and Pelosi and Reid was enough in 09 and 10 for the entire country to flip and say, we don't want that. It worries me going into the future. I know it worries Mark Levin also. That because millennials have been largely educated in an indoctrination fashion by the public school system controlled by Democrats, at some point, some light's got to go on, and those millennials have got to grow up, grow a pair, and vote for the American way of life and not the socialist way of life. All right, when we continue, I'm done babbling. That's it. I'm going to go to Monica and Tom and John and Brent and Attila and thousands of others. I think we have one line available at 877 877- 381-3811. Bill Cunningham, the great American, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound. To help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives. A truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. Races when they're right in front of them. Right in front of them are the real races in American society that are, that is, the modern Democratic Party and their membership. That is the children of the Ku Klux Klan are Democrats. And they're implementing policies that are destroying black families, black communities, and black businesses on a regular basis. Yet the media doesn't cover it. And because of the way the media covers all issues, they twist and turn the minds of many African Americans to be self-defeating, to be almost the Stockholm Syndrome, to be, okay, we're going to take on the attributes 
of of our possessors, of those who bought and paid for us. How is it possible that any African-American looking at that record of the Democratic Party could be a Democrat? It's impossible. Would you send your kid to an urban public school controlled by the Democratic Party for the last 80 years if you had a choice? The answer, of course, is no. In fact, the answer is hell no. In New York City, a former great city, the hallmarks of the Democratic Party in de Blasio is urination, defecation, and fornication in the streets of New York City. You can't walk down 8th Avenue anymore without, uh, without dodging fornication, urination, defecation, and needles. Does the media cover it that way? Does the New York Times say, let's do an expose. They have great resources at the old great lady. Why don't we spend the next 30 days investigating the amount of money spent in the New York public school system? and see what the results are. If you spend $18,000 a kid, you ought to be able to get results that indicate that kid can get into a, to a good college and after four years graduate. We ought to be able to do that if we spend that kind of money. But they can't look at themselves because they represent the Democratic Party. And they have to keep those who keep them in power in tow. You can't let somebody step out of line. You can't be Clarence Thomas, Thomas Sowell. You can't be Kevin Jackson. You can't be the Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson and step out of line. If you step out of line, guess what? You're going to be shouted down in restaurants. You'll be hunted down on the streets. You'll be yelled out in, in airports. And, and if you're a Paul Manafort and you step out of line, during the Obama administration, Paul Manafort's activities, which were of a nefarious character in the past, de- determine... And this is the Obama Department of Justice, that his activities did not arise to the level of a criminal felony indictment. Once Mueller took over and said, let's put Paul Manafort in the screws and let's determine what he knew and when he knew it. When it was determined after months and months, in fact, two years, Paul Manafort knew nothing about criminal activity conducted by the president or other accolades. They still buttoned him down, tied him down, four years in federal prison. And much like sitting in a restaurant if you're a Republican female, like Kristen Nielsen, let's put him in solitary confinement in Rikers Island as further punishment for being associated with Trump. Can you imagine the outcry? Can you imagine if John Boehner, when he was Speaker of the House, John Boehner is a friend of mine. He's from Ohio. I'm from Ohio. He went to Mueller High School. I went to Mueller High School for one year, then Deer Park High School. I played golf with John Boehner. He's a good man. What if John Boehner, when he was Speaker of the House, called called now for the imprisonment of Barack Hussein Obama? What the hell would the media do? Do you have any idea what would happen in this country if John Boehner had called for the jailing of Barack Hussein Obama? The world would have ended as we know it. But you got Nancy Pelosi, the San Francisco treat. The woman of needles, urination, fornication, and defecation on the streets of San Francisco behind her gated community calling for the imprisonment of the president of the United States because they differ on policy. Let's lock him up. Now, the Republicans who yelled that from the floors of convention centers were vilified by the media. Now what's happening with the Democrats? They're engaging in the behavior that the media criticized when practiced by Republicans. All right, when we continue, I promise Rich Semana I'm done babbling. I'm going to go to the American I'm going to go to the American people. Blind becomes available, you know the routine. Bill Cunningham the great American in for the great one, Mark Levin. He's here. He's here. Now. 
come from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. It appears the media hates our president, but the Europeans love our guy. The media coverage in Europe of the president's trip to celebrate, commemorate the sacrifice of 10,000 dead American soldiers. D-Day was unbelievable. It was wonderful. The leaders of Europe welcome him with open arms. Beloved character came home. They keep looking for the angle to diminish him, to knock him down, to make sure he's unelectable. This is not about impeachment. They don't care about impeachment. They would hate even President Pence. My friend, a radio talk show host, former Mike Pence, they'd hate him even more. But what they want to do is smear him to such a character that he's unelectable in the minds of white suburban female housewives. That's what they're after. But as I promised, I'm done babbling. And by the way, tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, but Sunday night, 10 p.m., Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox News, 10 o'clock, Sunday night. Mark's guest is Mark Penn, a former Clintonista. Let's continue now. We'll go to Monica first in Jupiter, Florida, the home of Tiger Woods. And Monica, welcome to the Mark Levin Show, hosted by Bill Cunningham. Monica, please go ahead. Hi, Mr. Cunningham. I have to uh, (laughs) tell you the truth. I have never heard of you, but I have never heard a better analogy of the Democrat Party. I had just walked out of work, got in my car, and my radio was blaring because I was listening to Rush when I got to work. And um, you were just fabulous. Tell me, give me your perspective. What hold, it's almost like a drug, that the Democratic Party has on the most loyal voting bloc when their policies, whether it was the 18th, the 19th, the 20th, or the 21st century, has destroyed African Americans in their lives. What is it? Why do African Americans vote for a party that is so destructive of their families? Because of the school system, because of what they're taught. Good point. I blame the schools. I blame the media. I blame the Democrats for this. They're the sure. ones that did. LBJ said, we'll, we'll have them voting Democrat. He, we'll have those ends yeah. voting Democrat for the rest of their lives. And he was right. Father, And he was right. And it worked. Those sons of bitches. I, I, uh, well, no. Well, I'll, I'll say this, Monica, is that uh, whether it was uh, John F. Kennedy wiretapping Martin Luther King Jr. or Lyndon Baines Johnson destroying the black family or what's happening today with black leadership remaining as Democrats and making sure anyone sk- skips out of line is vilified and crucified. The modern Democratic Party has done more to destroy African-Americans than could be done by any other group or organization in the world. Amen, brother. I mean, right. this is ridiculous. And what they did to Trump over in uh, England and complaining about the cemetery and the nonsense. This man did a wonderful speech. Yeah, they gave him credit for that. But the next day, they were right back at it, picking on him every little thing he did. Uh, Melania's hat was off. Her sunglasses weren't the right color. I mean, it's just nonsense. Can you imagine if uh, Barack Hussein Obama had been urged to be jailed by John Boehner when he was Speaker of the House for whether it's Fast or Furious, a bunch of other stuff. Can you imagine the mainstream media reaction if a Republican called for the jailing uh, of Barack Hussein Obama because men that looked like him were lynched by Democrats 200 years ago simply for being black. And today, black kids in Democratic areas are not elected. There's no job availabilities. The crime is rampant. There's no social indicator that's good. But the media doesn't cover that because it's an inconvenient truth. Monica, what would have happened if John Boehner had called for the jailing of Barack Hussein Obama? 
I think uh, there would be uh, oh, a civil oh, I don't know. Well, Monica, thanks for your call. We got to go, but great take. Let's continue now with Tom in Tallahassee, Florida, about the tariffs and more. And Tom, welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Tom, please go ahead. Hey, Bill, enjoy listening to you on Sunday night here in Tallahassee. And thank you. You're right to uh, give uh, Mark credit on his new book about the media yes. because uh, sadly, it's better to be uninformed than it is to be misinformed. And unfortunately, that's what our media has been spending most of their time doing, misinforming Americans. A typical example is their coverage of the tariffs in China. They've been going on and on about this, how this is going to be a new tax and Americans are going to be paying it. Boy, I sure didn't hear them talking about that when they wanted to double the minimum wage. They didn't say how Americans are going to be paying for that now, did they? No. In fact, uh, Barack Hussein Obama increased many tariffs quite often. Using tariffs to change foreign behavior is a frequent ingredient of American presidency. Uh, Obama increased about 74 tariffs that were non-covered by the mainstream media because they covered the guy as if he was the second coming of Jesus Christ, when when Trump does the same kind of things that Obama does, one was not covered, the other one is bad, and our media took the side of the communist Chinese atheist against our side, the media takes the side of illegal aliens against us, the media takes the side of those who want to kill babies in the womb instead of the rest of us, and in fact, I think many times Democrats consider abortion to be like a sacrament. The media doesn't cover the Democratic Party because the media is part of the Democratic Party. Definitely got that right. But the beauty of the tariffs against the Chinese is it doesn't matter what the Chinese do. We win either way. Explain why. Explain why. The deal that we have worked out with the Chinese now is anytime we open up a company in China, we have to give the Communist Party 51 percent of that company. Okay, they also have access to our technology. Turn around and use that technology to set up competitive companies. Uh, The Foxconn fellow, when he set that company up in China from Taiwan, he thought he was getting a good deal. He thought, well, I'm going to be losing 51 percent of my my company, but then I'll be able to sell my Apple phones to you know, uh, millions and millions, almost a billion customers in China. Uh, 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 not so fast. China uses his own technology, starts their own telephone company, which they call Opal, which sounds like Apple, looks like Apple, uses the same technology, and that's the, that's the phones that all the Chinese use. So he didn't even get the market that he thought he was going to get. So the beauty of the tariffs is every dollar that they lose out of that is one less dollar they can turn around and use against us and our, our allies in that area. You know, the Chinese have annexed the entire South China Sea. Their expansionist goals are even more ambitious than the imperial Japanese in World War II. And we're sitting here asleep on the, on the switch. We need to remember that in World War II, we sat there and castigated ourselves for selling the Japanese the very metal that they turned into battleships and bullets and fired right back at us. And here we're doing the same thing. We're giving them $600 billion in trade, and their, their, their definition of a fair trade of that is returning $50 billion in buying American goods. So they're pocketing $550 billion a year, uh, which they're using as our strategic adversary. So the more money that we stop giving them, that's great for us. And also, what happens to all that business? People keep saying, well, now we're going to have to pay more for, the, for our goods. That's not true. All these companies are going to reopen in another company, country. Now, I wish it was America, but it's not. Vietnam. It's, it's Vietnam. And they're rushing over there, and the Chinese know this. And the Chinese, are, they're sitting there listening to Democrats, and they're saying, well, should we play ball with Trump? But the Democrats are telling us that they're going to impeach him, or that he's not going to get reelected. Maybe we should just hold out for two years. 
They have false hope. Every month they delay. It's costing them more business to Vietnam. And every single one of those companies that moves to Vietnam, not a single one of them is going to move back to China when it's done because it's safer in Vietnam and it's cheaper in Vietnam. When this thing is said and done, we'll not only have 100% of the companies, if we're setting them up in Vietnam, but we'll also be able to make the, the products cheaper. So it's a win-win. And, of course, if they, if they cave and they, give, they treat us fairly, we'll still be giving them that, that extra $550 billion or whatever, but at least we won't be giving them half of the company and all of our technology. You know, Tom, so, you're he- typical of the Mark Levin listener. You're smart. You get it. You think strategically, which is something Democrats and Republican presidents have never done. This is the first president in a half a century that said we are disgustingly losing our way. It's corrosive. It's like catching a virus day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. The Chinese eat our lunch. John Kerry goes to Iran and meets with his former counterpart and says, look, just play this thing out. Trump's going to lose the election next year. And so you have a former secretary. Secretary of State undermining American foreign policy. You have many Democrats like Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, who wants to jail the president as if she's in some banana republic, telling the communist red Chinese who have no conception of home ownership, no conception of property owned by a particular person. They're telling the Chinese, play it out. Don't do anything. Trump's going to lose in 2020. We get back in control. We'll play ball. We'll keep transferring American technology to the communist red Chinese. We'll keep giving you things in 10 or 20 or 30 years. America, as we know, Tom, will not exist. We cannot go through a 10 to 20 year cycle of presidents like Bush and Obama over the next 10 to 20 years. If we do, we'll have no functioning public education. There'll be no southern border. Abortion will be a sacrament. Foreign uh, uh, adventures in China and Iran. Iran will get the bomb. Communist red Chinese will be the dominant country in the world. And America will fall because the government will seize control of the number one job creator, which is energy. How about having a modern Democrat party, Tom, in which the official policy of AOC and Nancy Pelosi is to eliminate the United Auto Workers, get rid of the Teamsters, put diapers on cows and pigs. They want to eliminate our carbon-based energy when we have no technology to replace it. They want the American government to seize control of the means and methods of energy production and also the pharmaceutical, the medical, the teaching hospitals. They want the government Government to control your doctor, who gets treatment, who doesn't get treatment. They want to control the two great job creators in the country, which is energy production and medicine, so that they collapse the middle class, give everybody a check upon which to live, then they're in power for eternity. Because the most clear indicator of a Democratic voter is an American on welfare. Those individuals, and the great majority of people on welfare, numerically, by the way, are white, those people overwhelmingly vote Democratic to keep the check coming. The Democrats are in the business of keeping the check coming. And that's why they try to enact the policies they do. Only people like you and I stand between it. Tom, one last thought. Go ahead. Well, I just want to thank you for what you're doing and also for Mark Levin. Keep up hey, Mark, time. he's wonderful. Tom, thank you. Let's take a short break. When we continue, we have calls from uh, Los Angeles and Kiwana, if I'm saying that correctly, Wisconsin and Brooklyn, New York. We have two lines now. If you call quickly, 1-877-381-3811. Bill Cunningham, the great American, and for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Illinois that said that federal money 
cannot be used to kill an unborn baby. It's kind of like basic stuff. You can't use federal money uh, to pay for an abortion. Now, there are many worker workarounds that Democrats have employed over the years. But none, none, nonetheless, the Hyde Amendment says that we're not going to take the monies of those like myself who are practicing Roman Catholics that believe life begins at conception. And we're not going to take their money and kill unborn babies. And that's been bedrock principles of the Democrat and Republican Party now for about 40 years, especially the Republican Party. But as recently as two nights ago, Joe, Bi- Joe the flipper Biden said, nope, I'm sticking with that. But when he got calls from Hollywood leftists, from his donors, he flip-flopped, as Democrats often do, and now say that he believes that a federal money, your tax dollars, can be used to kill unborn babies. I ask you this question. Does abortion stop a baby's beating heart? Yes or no? Does abortion stop a baby's beating heart? Of course, the answer is yes, it does. It does. You're killing the unborn, 100%. The other night, I'm um, watching CNN, the Clinton News Network, and one of their feminist commentators came on, and a question was asked about when life begins. And, of course, they never answered that question because they don't consider it human life. This commentator, a feminist, a left-wing progressive radical, said that a baby in a mother's body is not much different than a kidney stone or not much different from some other part of the woman's body. She controls whether, in a sense, she could cut off her own finger. She controls whether or not she has heart surgery. She controls whether or not she cuts her toenails. She controls whether or not she has a kidney stone removed or not removed. It's up to her. So a baby is the same as a overgrown toenail or a kidney stone. That's the viewpoint of the modern Democratic Party. Now, how in the world can anyone participate in that venture? How can anyone say, I want to be part of that movement that kills unborn? Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, wrote more than 100 years ago that uh, Africans, they weren't called African-Americans at the time, she used the N-word, but Africans are not human beings. She believed in eugenics, that uh, somehow... Africans should be bred out of the world's population, that they were closer to apes than to human beings. Those are the words of Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. So when she founded Planned Parenthood, the Democratic Party, of course, embraced Planned Parenthood, just like the Democratic Party embraced Jim Crow and lynchings and the Confederacy and the Ku Klux Klan, the KKK, were and are the Democrats. They're Democrats. So that same Democratic Party embraced Margaret Sanger because she wanted to kill blacks. That's the Democratic Party. You know, the media looks for a word, a phrase, is, is Trump a white supremacist? What did he mean in Charlottesville? He meant to say there are good people on both sides, those who support Confederate monuments and those who don't support Confederate monuments. You had a Republican president, in a sense, defending a monument to Democrats. And the media attacked Trump for trying to keep monuments to Democrats who were the Confederates. You talk about juxtaposition. But now we have Margaret Sanger's Planned Parenthood. I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. Of course, where does Planned Parenthood put most of their clinics? Well, that would be in the black community. They put Planned Parenthood in New York City, generally is in Harlem. The object is to kill as many blacks as they can in the womb before they get out, before they can miseducate, kill them in the womb. That's the attitude of Planned Parenthood. That's the attitude of Margaret Sanger. And that's the group the Democratic Party takes money from because their main goal is to kill African-Americans, especially African-American females. The one gender and race most killed in abortion clinics are 
black females. Right? Democratic Party, of course, would embrace that. They've always been about subjugating African-Americans and blacks to make them loyal to their voting and to have the media act as if they're stupid, which the media does, and doesn't disclose necessary information upon which a black voter can pass, can cast an informed ballot. Why does Planned Parenthood exist and funded $500 million by the federal government, and now the Hyde Amendment, Joe Biden said, needs to be eliminated? Well, of course, he's a Democrat. Killing blacks is in the DNA of the Democratic Party. That's what they did in the South. That's what they're seeking to do now. That's what they've always done and always will do. So how in the hell can an American who's African-American and Bill Cunningham allegedly has 5% black blood in me, as a criminal defense attorney, I spent most of my life representing African-Americans, and I love the African-American population. I love the culture. I love the food. I love the music. That's all good with me. How does the, how how is it possible that we look at the history of the Democratic Party and what the policies have done of the Democratic Party to destroy the African American community? Add on top of that Margaret Sanger Planned Parenthood that was in the business of killing blacks because of eugenics, breeding them out of existence, according to Margaret Sanger. And now the number one gender and race killed by Planned Parenthood are black female babies. But the Democratic Party takes money from them and exists for that purpose. And now you got Joe Biden, who had a few lucid moments say the other day, I'm now, last night, I'm now in favor of, the, of repealing the Hyde Amendment. Unbelievable. Bill Cunningham, the great American, in for the great one, Mark Levine. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Levin was a kid. His teachers didn't like his snide sense of humor. Today, they still don't like it. Call Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. All right, Bill Cunningham, the great American, in for the great one, Mark Levin. One last thought on Margaret Sanger. She sent a letter in 1939. This is the founder of Planned Parenthood, supported by the Democratic Party in which Margaret Sanger outlined her plan to reach out to black leaders, specifically ministers, to help dispel community suspicions about the family planning clinics, i.e. abortion centers, she was opening in the South. She said, quote, We do not want the word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And the minister is the man who can straighten out the idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members, unquote. Gloria Steinem, not exactly, uh, shall we say, a liberal, would you agree? Margaret Sanger, quote, this is from an essay in Time magazine uh, put together by Gloria Steinem. 
Quote, Sanger adopted the mainstream eugenics language of the day, partly as a tactic, since many eugenicists oppose birth control on the grounds that the educated would use it more. Eugenics is a practice where certain traits are, shall I say, according to her language, breeded out of the population. And so this is Planned Parenthood. How many Planned Parenthood clinics are in rich white areas? The answer is none. To make money and to control African-American population, they're put in black areas of most cities. Now, does the media cover it that way? No. What does the media think an unborn baby is? Democrats believe that during the birthing process, a mother can legally and should be able to kill her baby before the head exits the womb, and even after it exits the womb. There's a governor in Virginia who thinks the mother and the doctor should have a conversation about a baby born alive that maybe should not be alive. That's Governor Ralph Northam of Virginia, endorsed by the Democratic Party. Does the media cover any of this? Hell no. Let's continue with their calls. Thousands on hold and millions are listening. Let's go to Brent in, in Los Angeles and then Attila in Wisconsin. And Brent, welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Brent, how are you? Very good. Bill, you're making me feel safe and confident pilot, pilot, piloting Mark's mighty ship. Well, I like, you know, I said before and I'll say it again, I, I certainly think Brian Kilmeade is great and Ben Shapiro is good and, you know, Russian and, and Sean are great. But the one guy that I listen to, I've been in this business about 36 years, is Mark Levin because he makes me laugh. He's bright. He's funny. When he starts yelling and screaming, it's even funnier. I love that guy. As do I. But I I was listening yesterday to our righteous and courageous President Trump commemorating D-Day, and I realized we are still fighting all the same monsters today. The goals and objectives of Marx and Muhammad are the same malignant cancer, simply camouflaged differently with different masks. Nazism, communism, progressivism, and now the current Democratic Party, they're all the spawn of the same satanic socialism. And I don't want to forget that, or we shouldn't forget, that during World War II, the Mufti of Jerusalem, the undisputed Muslim leader at that time, was a respected confidant of Hitler and perhaps even the originator of the final solution. Right. So these people that were, you know, that are in our own Congress today, Rashida, uh, Tlaib, and Ilham Omar. Throw in AOC, uh, called by some all-out crazy AOC. You, but, well, they're, they're not crazy. They're, they're either Marxists or they're Mohammedans, and it's all, it's all about tyranny and terror and torture and totalitarianism. Brent, can you tell me where socialism theories have worked when the government controls the means and methods of production? Does it work in Venezuela, North Korea? Does it work in Cuba? It doesn't work in Central Europe because they don't call themselves socialists. They're capitalists fighting to keep it. But where is true socialist principles of Bernie Sanders' work? Can you, can you tell me well, how is it just to have you or me or some young adult who does not want to go to college that wants to work, maybe go into the trades. Why is it fair to take someone and their tax dollars to pay off student loan debt or to make sure college is tuition-free when that person is working to control their own life? Why is it fair to say to someone who doesn't go to college, you're going to pay for someone who does? Why is that fair? Well, Bill, uh, socialism works perfectly for Satan, but for not for God. And we have to realize it's a satanic mindset. And it doesn't come from a place of goodness or godliness. It never was meant to be. It's always been a fraud and a deception. 
It's never worked. In fact, the Nazis called themselves social democrats. Nazism was not a right wing. It was a left wing philosophy, just like the USSR, just like North Korea, just like communist red China. I never liked the idea of those talking about communist red China today being like some capitalistic heaven when it is not. There's no sense of property ownership in communist red China. They have extermination and concentration camps for Muslims not covered by the mainstream media. You have Hollywood leftists who will do deals with communist red China that practice abortion, who kill minorities, but they don't want to do they can't. Spike Lee won't do a film in Georgia, the state of Georgia, but he will work with the communist red Chinese. How's that consistent? It, well, it certainly isn't. And when I was growing up, and I thought of myself when I was stupid, a socialist, I, I, I was broken of that delusion when I found out about the body counts. A hundred million murdered mm. and two billion enslaved. And somehow we don't seem to mention or, or throw it right in their face how monstrous everything about them is and always has been and always will be. You know, right now, Muslims in communist red China, many are in extermination slash concentration camps in northwest China today. Where is the New York Times outrage on the concentration camps in communist red China today? Where is that? Well, since the New York Times are basically Marxists... They don't, where, say, they don't care. No, well, they, 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 they love murder. And this is something we can't get past. You know, normal people who believe in God and decency, the Constitution, morals and ethics, we don't quite understand how deep and demonic this is. And for all the rest who are following them, it's simply because they put on such a fine show. It's a wonderful thing to watch. The New York Times, you talk about liberalism, progressivism, socialism. Every Hollywood lefty, every radio, most television shows, almost every movie, you might want to throw in every big city newspaper, throw in every big city mayor. They're all Democrat socialists. Throw in Bill de Blasio. Throw in the whole group. All of them have one philosophy, which is government control of the American economy and the American mind and the American lives. There's no part of socialism that I want any part of, where is a capitalistic, freedom-loving, democratic, Republican-type nation that has concentration camps? North Korea has them. Communist Red China has them. What other country has them? But the media acts as if Trump is doing something wrong by trying to knock down the economic strength of our adversary, which is communist red China. It is not Russia. Russia has less of an economy than the state of Texas. Russia is not our challenge. They, they have it. They're an oil pump with a military. Communist red China, 1.3 billion strong concentration camps, face recognition a technology all over the place. That, that's the challenge that we have. We finally have one president in my lifetime that is seeking to stand up to the heathens, the atheists, and the communists in red China, and the media is on the side of China. Why is that? Well, Bill, you and Mark and President Trump are ripping the masks right off of the monsters. And that's what all we can keep doing it. As soon as they're exposed for what they are, most people are decent, but they don't quite realize who they're marching with. Well, you know, I said it early on, they won't stop, the media won't stop, so they must be stopped. And by being stopped, I mean quit reading, 
quit listening, quit watching, quit attending their universities, quit reading their newspapers. Because the boycotts happening at conservative media by liberals like Media Matters, etc., is unbridled going on constantly. But we freedom-loving Americans don't think in a punitive fashion. I believe that every viewpoint should be heard. The battlefield of ideas is where we need to compete. But Democrats don't want to do that. They want to put in solitary confinement in Rikers Island the president's campaign chairman. They want to chase female conservatives out of restaurant. They want to beat them up on city sidewalks and on campuses. This is how the Democrats play their game today, and they must be stopped by not pretending as if it is simply a disagreement. If they have their way, America will not exist as we currently know it. And Brent, we got to get going. Thanks for your call. Let's continue now as we do. We have a call from Wisconsin and then Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, Newark, New Jersey, and Brooklyn, New York, and thousands, thousands of others. If a line becomes available, which it never does, the number to call is 1-877-381-3811. One last thought before we go. In Virginia Beach, there was a terrible incident in which a seemingly an employee who was unhappy perhaps about uh, issues happening at work, whatever the reason, decided to load up, get a couple 45s, use his Corby card, enter the municipal building of Virginia Beach, and for several minutes... He fired and killed a whole bunch of innocent people, put many in wheelchairs and hospitals. And the media, according to Rahm Emanuel, never never letting a crisis go to waste, quickly talked about gun control or silencers and things of that character. Now, in most cities and most states, there are limitations of concealed carry permit holders. And Virginia is a very liberal and free uh, state when it comes to concealed carry. I dare say in that municipal building on that day, there were many and many and many, many contractors and carpenters, electricians and plumbers and others who had concealed carry permits. And they were ordered by Virginia law not to take their concealed carry permit weapon into the municipal building of Virginia Beach. By law, they were required to leave it outside. You can't take it in with you. So when that murderer, that homicidal, psychotic murderer, used a silencer in 145, and I guess he didn't do it on the other. By the way, silencers don't silence much at all. This isn't television. This isn't Hollywood. It takes a few decibels off the top, but not many. That uh, he knew he was in another gun-free zone. About 94 to 98% of mass murders take place in gun-free zones. Virginia Beach municipal building, again, was a gun-free zone that told that murdering, psychotic fool, you may come here and kill as many as you want to kill or desire to kill because no one's going to shoot back. Almost every mass murder takes place in a gun-free zone. And so when this became quickly known, the Democratic Party and Governor Ralph Northam, never, never letting a crisis go to waste, began talking about universal background checks, which seeks to criminalize private gun sales, or more registration, or getting rid of silencers, which is no issue whatsoever. Did not talk about the failure of the policy that says, if you're a concealed carry permit holder, which is an extension of law enforcement, do not bring your weapon here, so that if a psychotic murderer shows up, he can kill as many people as he can before a good guy with a gun shows up. It took several minutes for the cops to arrive there at the scene. And uh, it is sad. Instead of saying, wait a minute, 
we need to allow an extension of law enforcement, those with concealed carry permits, to bring their weapon concealed in a municipal building, which would have saved lives. Instead of saying that, what the governor said is, who must go further down paths that make it easier and more likely and more prevalent that mass murderers in public circumstances can kill more people. And so Ralph Northam, he and Ku Klux Klan outfit, there's a perfect outfit for a Democrat. He's the governor of Virginia who said that killing babies after birth was a choice between a mother and her doctor. Quickly held a news conference, never letting a crisis to go to waste, to talk about criminalizing private gun sales or getting rid of silencers, which, by the way, are already gotten rid of. To, to get a silencer today, you've got to spend hundreds of dollars, go through even more background checks. And I shoot three or four times a year at a local gun range. And the reason I'd like to have a silencer is because it's loud. And I know, even though I wear muffs, I could see myself in my home with the weapon that I have discharging it. It is so loud, it destroys one's hearing immediately. I've thought repeatedly about getting silencers because that makes sense. But see, the government wants to crack down on every aspect of the Second Amendment and to mislead the easily misled into believing lies that more legislation would stop homicidal killers from murdering mass numbers of people in gun-free zones when their policies exacerbate the problem instead of solving it. Well, let's continue. 48 minutes after the hour, Bill Cunningham, the great American, and for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Or if I want to sell my friend a gun, he wants to sell me a gun. It means that each of us have to go through a federal background check. So the government has a record of every gun conveyance and gun ownership in the whole country. Now, why would the government want to know which 110 million Americans own weapons? Why would they want to know that? Well, at some point in your lifetime or mine, it's going to happen. Where someone with the philosophies of AOC, which stands for all out crazy, is the Speaker of the House. That Bernie Sanders or Kamala Harris is the president, and someone like Chuck Schumer, that's embarrassing. So many Democratic New York politicians are embarrassing. He's going to control the United States Senate. Then he's going to get rid of the 60-vote rule to move legislation. Uh, Schumer's more or less promised to do that. And therefore, the Democrats will control everything. So they got this list of 110 million Americans that uh, own guns. They have a big list now already because of all the background checks. Throw in the gun show sales and private conveyances between me and my son, me and my daughter, between my daughter and me, between me and, and Brian Kilmeade. All of a sudden, they got lists of everyone that has a weapon. They begin taxing, first of all, ammo. Then they begin taxing gun ownership. Then they go through more of a registration process in order to get stamps or whatever in order to keep your gun. It's $100 a year. Then it's $200 a year. Then it's $1,000 a year. If another mass murder takes place, it's going to be $5,000 a year to own a gun. So the government will generate money from us. And secondly, they will have a list of people to confiscate weapons if necessary. It's all part of a long-term plan. You know, it is said that the communist red Chinese have a 100-year plan while we have a 100-day plan. The plan of Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and others is to get a list of every gun owner in the country to tax and to regulate out of existence. And so universal background checks simply criminalizes private gun sales. That, that's what it is. You, it depends how you ask the question. 
Every time there's a mass murder, great majority of which take place in gun-free zones. Those who put up such signs are saying to you and me, we want murderers to come in here so that you can't defend yourself and be killed. That's our sign. There are places where you can't take a gun to a movie theater. You can't take it to a bar or restaurant. You can't take it to, a, to an arena. You can't take it to work. You can't take it to a daycare center. All these rules. And so at the end of the day, what is the value of having a concealed carry permit if you can't carry it anywhere to protect yourself? Virginia Beach had a sign up. Gun-free zone. That told the psychotic murderer, come here, you will be permitted to kill as many people as you want to kill, because police will take a long time to get here. In the case of the murder of Stoneman Douglas in Broward County, the coward of Broward County, Scott Peterson, stayed outside for 45 minutes as Nicholas Cruz, the murderer, killed dozens of innocent students. Because, guess what, Stoneman Douglas? Oh, oh, that's a gun-free zone. Come here and kill. The message should be, a gun-free zone should be, come here and kill the inhabitants. We allow it, we encourage it, we permit it. Well, let's continue. Only one more hour remain. Times fly when you're having fun. I promise. Attila has been there. I love the name Attila. He's been there for about uh, two hours. Got to get to him. Then calls from New Jersey, Las Vegas, Queens, and Brooklyn. If a line becomes available, which it never does, 877-381-3811. Bill Cunningham, I try to be a great American. By the way, the book is on freedom of the press. Get it. Great book by Mark Levin. Bill Cunningham in for the great one. Mark Levin. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American, in for Mark Levin, who's on sabbatical. couple issues. Number one, life, liberty, and Levin. Fox News, every Sunday night at 10. It's appointment TV for me. His guest this Sunday night will be uh, Mark Penn, a former Clintonista that's flipped the other direction, thank God. Plus, the book, number one Times bestseller, is Unfreedom of the Press, what the media has done to destroy conservatism. And is a great read with facts and foibles everywhere. One last thought before I continue with the calls. Uh, Mitt Romney was a clown. He was a fool. 
In 2012, he had the ability to run a campaign that might have defeated Barack Hussein Obama, failed to do so because he's a clown. When Mitt Romney said last night that the Mueller report does not show obstruction, and I don't think impeachment's the right way to go, book it. Of course, there was no Russian collusion delusion, except by Hillary. And of course, there was no obstruction, because the report was written by Andrew Weissman, who's a Clintonista. But Mitt Romney went on to say last night in an event in Utah that he would likely decline to support the president in 2020, as if his endorsement means a damn thing, which it does not. Mitt Romney was uh, in trouble running for the United States Senate months ahead of his election. So he got a hold of the president. And by the way, I've spoken to the president. I've met him a few times. Supposed to play golf with him at Mar-a-Lago with, uh, with Rush and Hannity and, uh, and Sean Compton. But it didn't materialize after Christmas because of the uh, government shutdown. Look forward to playing with him after Christmas. He's a great guy. Donald Jr., Eric, the family, great family. Uh, Mitt Romney wanted his support in the primary to become U.S. Senator from Utah. And so there was a little bit of a history between Romney, of course. Romney gave that horrible speech during the primary season to try to scuttle the the uh, ability of the Republican nominee to win the presidency, which would have given it to Hillary Clinton. Now, there's a wise choice. But uh, he was in trouble in the primary, so he got a hold of the president to say, can you give me a hand in 2018 because I'm having difficulty here. Trump's a great guy, so he said sure. So he made some calls to some of the possible Republican nominees, Republican candidates that might run against Mitt. Probably couldn't have beaten him, but they might have marked him up a little bit. So they backed away because Trump asked. And then Trump endorsed him in the general election in Utah in 2018, uh, sent letters out, uh, appeared on some radio ads, uh, vote for Mitt Romney, vote for Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney calls the president afterwards and thanks him for that. And this was after in 2017 when Romney shows up in New Jersey to beg Trump to make him secretary of state. So, you know, uh, fortunately, he didn't. I thought he picks a terrible choice. He has a good one right now. But nonetheless, Romney, after the election, sucked up to Trump, asked his help in 2018 in the primary. He gave it to him, helped him raise money in 2018. So all those favors are returned by Mitt Romney by saying he may decline to support Donald J. Trump for president in 2020. Explaining, quote, I would not be surprised if I stay out of the endorsements. So this was a person, an ingrate named Mitt Romney, who had the ability, the capabilities of running against Barack Hussein Obama to stop his presidency in mid-stroke. In 2012, failed to do so. Then in 2016, begs Trump for a secretary of state position. Fortunately, he didn't give it to him. Then when he was in electoral trouble in 2018, went to Trump. Trump did everything he could to get him elected, and he did. He got elected. Now, here we are in 2019, getting ready for 17 months from now, and Mitt Romney is saying he may not endorse Trump. Frankly, between you and I, I'm sure Mark feels the same way. Couldn't care less about Mitt Romney, the ingrate, things of that character. Disgusting, awful, don't like it. One thing I am to my friends and family is loyal. And Mitt Romney is loyal to Mitt Romney. He has nothing positive to say about this president. He worked hard in 2016 not to get him elected. Trump turned the other cheek, and then he gets slapped again by Mitt Romney. I hope Trump is finally done with Mitt Romney. Well, let's continue with your calls. If a line becomes available, which it never does, 877-381-3811. Let's go to Attila, then we'll go to J.D. Attila in Wisconsin, a key state. Welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Attila, please go ahead. Greetings, Bill. It's 
sure great to hear you tonight. Uh, Thank you. I, I sure love Mark Levin, uh, just for the reasons that you were speaking about earlier. But uh, it, it's uh, an education listening to you tonight. And Thank you. And thank you for being on. I'd say what if Mark Levin, I, I met him a few times, been in his presence, had dinner with him. If Mark Levin was a woman, I'd kiss him right on the lips. <laughs> well, well greeting, greetings, Bill, from Kiwani, Wisconsin. And uh, from uh, couldn't care less for Romney, Wisconsin. Huh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, if I, before I get to my point, may I mention something about the education system, uh, what you were talking about earlier? Please, oh, please, go you. ahead. Please. Okay. Uh, for all you folks out there, uh, th- this is one reason why you shouldn't uh, go to to the schools like like what you were mentioning before the public education system. How about the University of Wisconsin in Madison? How about that place? Oh yeah, that's a shining gem of ignorance over there. <laughs> well, but uh, Alexandria Cortez. A O C. A O C. They, they've given us her. That, that's what uh, your education system has produced. Someone so, so stupid that you could ask her, go up to her and ask her a penny for her thoughts, and she'd ask you for change, offer you change. Well, you know, Rich Valdez, who's a great American, has announced he may run against her, and he's given her the moniker, All Out Crazy. I want to know from, from, uh, from AOC, where has socialism worked? And if government seizes control of more private industries and business, which ones do they currently run that make any sense and actually work? I'd like to know where it works in the world, her theories and her philosophies, and how does it help the good citizens of the Bronx and greater uh, the five boroughs in New York City not to have Amazon present with some 100,000 employees, billions of dollars? How does it help middle-class Americans? How does it help African Americans or Hispanics or white Americans? How does it help anybody to have a large business not located in her district? How does that assist? And the answer is it doesn't. But you see, socialists do not want, do not like capitalists. They don't like private industry. They don't like the fact to tell her that you may own a home or you may have access to your own money. They don't like the fact that you have a gun. They don't like the fact you go to church. They don't like the fact where you shop and how you shop. I love going to Walmart. I love going to Target. I kind of shop economically and I would never ever walk into a Starbucks unless I had to do so. And I don't know why as conservatives we don't think like liberals when it comes to boycott institutions that support their philosophy. The way they attack us in airports and restaurants, they put Paul Manafort on Rikers Island in, in, in isolation because he was Trump's campaign manager. And even now, if Trump would pardon him or say, you know what, two years in prison is enough, you, you got the Democratic prosecutors in New York City wanting to have political show trials of a Trump supporter. It is disgusting, and no liberals stand up to oppose it. Well, Bill, that, that segues right into uh, what I was going to ask you about, my point, and that's to um, the media. And, uh, oh. Oh. By the way, his, his book is great. You guys have got to get this book, everyone out there, on freedom of the press. Uh, I returned it quickly, so other people, it's got, it, it's a short loan. 131 people want it, so I returned it quickly. What do you but mean anyway, returning? You're too cheap to buy it? No, I'm going to buy it. I'm okay. going to buy it. It didn't take me long to realize this. Is, I'm going to get it. Keep I, it. I, sure I keep it. I I, I'm not letting it go. I love it. I hope he comes to Wisconsin for a book signing. But I'm going to buy it. You can be sure of that. And uh, my question to you, Bill, is uh, with CNN, which I've dubbed uh, certainly not news, 
uh, you, you can't believe anything they, they say. Uh, they, they've been, they're, they're the reason why. Uh, well, tell me, that's the most trusted name in news. That's CNN. It's the most trusted name in news. Trusted by whom and for what is what I would say. Their ratings are in the crapper. Uh, their commentators are not journalists. Don Lemon went crazy the other night because somebody criticized him. How much criticism does Trump receive? When Trump re- returned fire to Nancy Pelosi, who wants to lock him up, the media went crazy, not on Nancy Pelosi, for saying lock up the president like a banana republic. The media went crazy on Trump for criticizing Pelosi. Pelosi for wanting to lock up the president. The media's got this thing bass backwards. They sure do, Bill. And, you know, speaking of them, I wouldn't believe them if their tongue was notarized. All they do is lie. And 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 uh, I, I was going to ask you what, what we can do about it. I mean, well, CNN, what I was telling you, Bill, certainly not news. They're in, their ratings are in the tank, so obviously ratings don't hurt them. I think they're getting most of their money from overseas because that's their avenue uh to news in america from europe and and abroad but uh we you know tell her what i would do what i would say is this they won't stop so they must be stopped their ratings must uh, crash don't read the newspapers don't the last time i went to a movie i think was 20 some years ago to see saving private ryan i will not go to a movie because i know money goes to the hollywood leftists to perpetuate the fraud of hollywood preaching to us about gun control when their movies are filled with violence i can't stand the hypocrisy so when i spend my dollars it's like a vote to me i'm thinking am i going to go to that institution that supports principles that i oppose the answer generally is no so i'm careful how i spend my money what i read what i look at every now and then I'll sneak in and watch MSNBC, and I suffer immediately from projectile vomiting and explosive diarrhea. And so I can't do it anymore. They won't stop, so they must be stopped. Let's employ their tactics to bring them down. I'd love, I'd love that, Bill, but how do we revoke their, 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 their card of, of the freedom of the press? <laughs> Good luck. Because they, they're actively and identify them as what they are. They're liberal activists they, for a political party. They are not the press. Well, I tell I would say this. I I want to compete on the battlefield of ideas with those with whom I disagree. I do not want them, in a sense, off the air and shut up. I want them identified. And if you have Don Lemon and Wolf Blitzer and MSNBC and the anchors of ABC, NBC, and CBS doing what they're doing, Lester Holt doing every night, I don't watch, but it doesn't... I don't want them stopped in the sense of uh, off the air. I want all viewpoints to be heard. Uh, I consider Mark Levin and conservatives like that, and I love to listen, love to watch, but I want to have the option, if I want, to watch CNN, which I refuse to do. I'm not like them. Most conservatives say, let's compete together on the battlefield of ideas and let the best ideas win, and then voters cast their ballots based upon information objectively obtained and let the voters decide what occurs. If we start employing tactics of revoking revoking licenses and going crazy on the left we're engaging in a sense in their tactics and i'm not sure that's legitimate but i know when i live my personal life as one great american there's businesses that i refuse to go to chick-fil-a is number one in my book i love chick-fil-a i eat there as much as i can but movies is something that i won't participate in but if someone else wants to go to the movie they make that decision on their own please go to the movies if somebody else wants to watch cnn msnbc if they think inside politics 
Politics is a wonderful show. They ought to have the opportunity of watching Al Sharpton make a fool of himself. He's a clown with a capital K. It won't be Bill Cunningham. It won't be you. It won't be Mark Levin. But I don't want them shutting us down any more than we can shut them down. I want them to be heard. And on the other hand, I want to be heard. And that I think that's the approach to take. And Attila, we got to go. Thanks for your call. If a line becomes available, 877-381-3811. Once again, in about, uh, I don't know, about 24 hours on Sunday night at 10 o'clock. Life, Liberty, and Levin will be on Fox News. His guest this Sunday night at 10 o'clock is uh, Mark. Uh, is a guy named Mark Penn who was a Clintonista, but he's flipped. So uh, let's continue with more. Bill Cunningham, the great American, in for Mark Levin. Mark Levin. million illegals inside the United States of America getting medical care. None of them have paid into the system. None of them pay anything currently into the system. And many times their problems are much greater than native-born Americans because of the system they come from without their inoculations or other shots. So when you pay your insurance premium, you're paying for yourself and your family. You're paying for $35 million Medicaid. You're paying for $25 million illegals that are in this country getting full medical care. Plus, you're paying for other working Americans that don't have sufficient resources to pay their own medical expenses. So you're paying for everybody. You may know about six or seven months ago, I was diagnosed with something called a bicuspid aortic valve, which means I have two leaflets on my aorta opening and closing instead of three. Most normal Americans like you and Rich Valdez have three leaflets. I have two. It's genetic. There's nothing I could have done to prevent it. If I was in a socialized country... None of the what's going, I'm going to tell you about would have occurred. So I began a process of saying, where do I want to have this done? Do I want to have the Mayo Clinic? Do I want to have Cleveland Clinic, New York Presbyterian, Mick Jagger down in Miami? I found a facility in Cincinnati where I live, the Christ Hospital. Dr. Dean Kariakis done about 1,000 tavers. Great success. Looked them up, did everything I could, talked to people that had it done, and I found a great facility. There are many great facilities in America. Los Angeles has several. Cedars, Lebanon. That, that do these procedures, which are called transcatheter aortic valve replacement, which is a taver. I did not wait at all, and it wasn't because I'm rich and famous. It's because, the, in fact, uh, Dean Kariakis does four a day. So I'm just a regular schlep. I was number three on that day, went in and had it done. He went up through my femoral artery with a 25-inch catheter and inside a little metal cage of cobalt. Inside that little cage was a cow valve. They pushed aside my my calcified aortic valve, put in the new aortic valve. I didn't feel that bad before, and I feel great now. He says I got 15 years with this cow valve, and when I get a little bit older, he can replace it one more time. Give me 30 years, it's done. Under socialized medicine, under Bernie Sanders, what I had done never would have taken place. I would have been barred and prohibited from having this procedure. The reason we have the best medicine in the world is because of capitalism, the profit incentive. Doctors want to be rich. There's two companies doing this, Medtronics and Edwards Life Sciences. They're fighting feverishly to corral $5 billion in business across the country of a couple hundred thousand Americans every year that have this procedure done. Whoever creates the best valve is going to get $5 billion, the profit motive. You take away the profit motive from doctors and nurses and nurses' assistants. Take away the profit motive from pharmaceutical companies. 
and take away the ability to succeed and to, and to have a nice home and a nice vacation, nice retirement in the medical industry. Drop all that out of the system, make it all socialized. There'll be no more drug discoveries, pharmaceuticals. There'll be no more fabulous TAVR procedures. None of those things. There'll be no more kidney transplants or T-cells for treat cancer. There'll be no more medical advancements. We're at the edge of having patients grow your own heart. If something goes wrong with your heart, they're going to use your own DNA and whatever, my, mitochondrial DNA, to grow your own heart. If I, got, if I need a kidney replacement in about 10 years, it'll be grown in the lab and my own kidney will be put back into my body. That's how close we are to medical breakthroughs. You take billions of dollars of profits out of the medical system, the whole thing collapses. We're going to be like in Cuba. That has everyone gets medical care and it's free and it's worthless. Think about that. When Bernie Sanders tries to sell you a bunch of swamp land in Florida. Believe me, we have the greatest medical system in the world because of capitalism. Let's continue. Bill Cunningham in for Mark. Voice liberals fear most. And you can call Mark at 877-381-3811. Bill Cunningham in for the great one, Mark Levin. You see, the goal of the Democratic Socialist Party now is to destroy personal initiative, destroy capitalism, destroy the middle class, get rid of cows and pigs and sheep, get rid of uh, United Auto Workers, get rid of the Teamsters, get rid of trucks, get rid of cars, get rid of motorboats, get rid of all mechanized vehicles, uh, governed by uh, natural gas or gasoline or oil, whatever, coal, get rid of all that stuff. They have as many Americans as is possible, depending upon government, for their existence. The heart and soul of the Democratic Party are government workers and minorities to scare the hell out of minorities, thinking as if they're their protectors, when in fact the Democratic Party has brutalized African Americans for 400 years, enslaving them, brutalizing them, crucifying them, raping them, and killing them. And now, today, destroying the black family, destroying personal initiative. The best results of long-term Democratic control of an area is the south side of Chicago and most other urban areas. With no functioning public education system, no job creation, and massive crime, massive lawlessness, and no families. That's the result of the Democratic Party, which creates more Democrats to vote for Democrats. It's the Stockholm Syndrome. Let's continue. Thousands on hold. Millions are listening. Mark is on sabbatical. On Freedom of the Press is the book. Keep it in your library. Read it several times. And, of course, uh, on television, like Liber- Liberty and Levin, 10 p.m. every Sunday night at Portman TV. Maybe one day the great one would appoint and ask the great American to come with him. Wouldn't that be an honor? But this Sunday night, Mark Penn will be there. And one of the Hillary Clinton, Clintonistas. Let's go to J.D. in Las Vegas, the home of my friend Wayne Allen Root and many others. J.D., welcome to the Mark Levin Show. J.D., go ahead. Well, Bill, it's, it's great to hear your booming voice back on the on the local uh, uh, show here in Vegas. Uh, Thank you. And we were pulling for you with, with that heart procedure. How about that? You, you know, J.D., J.D., I felt good before it. And there was nothing wrong with me. I was on the air the day before I had this done. My doctor said if I don't have it done, my valve was opening an eighth of an inch, an eighth of an inch. And he said, one night you're going to go to sleep, and that valve is going to shut and won't open. 
There's going to be blood in your heart, and the three ounces of blood in the heart will not be able to be pumped. Your heart then is going to go into an arrhythmia, pump about three to 400 times a minute. It's going to do that for about six minutes. You'll be asleep. You'll be unconscious, and then you're going to die. And I said, well, Doc, that doesn't sound too good. He said, the alternative is a taver. I'll put the catheter up your groin, and we're going to put in a cow valve, and you'll be home within 24 hours and back to work within three days. I said, you know, Doc, I'll take plan B, not plan A. Would you agree, J.D.? I agree, and if the Dems had the way, you probably probably oh. would have been dead by now. <laughs> I, uh, I, I just get in line and two. You know, if you're in Canada or England and you want a hip replacement, it's it's a two to four year wait. No one stays there if you can afford to. You get the hell out, Billy. You know, I, I I'm hearing these twenty two hundred and forty some uh, Democratic uh, uh, people running for president giving away things and promising things that never in my lifetime or yours probably would we get even imagine. Not one of these people who are giving away everything uh, that they can to get the nomination has brought up the debt of $22 trillion one time. Not one of them. You know, these politicians, uh, they're always saying we're the richest country in the world. But, you know, every year we lose money. And uh, I think maybe we should start paying the politicians a commission instead of a salary because it's really getting ridiculous with everything they're trying to give away. And, J.D., and I, please lay also at the foot of the of the Republican Party the national debt from 1788 until 2001. And did we go through a lot of stuff between 1788 and 2001? The accumulated national debt was $4.5 trillion. We went through feast and famine, award wars and depressions and recessions, and Americans then living totally added up a debt of 4.5 by the time bush got done with boehner it was about nine or ten trillion by the time obama got done it was 17 18 trillion now it's 22 trillion it's going to go to 40 trillion suddenly we're talking about money think of the taxes that must be paid in future generations to pay the bills we're running up today think about that Uh, uh, yeah uh, and these and these democrats and republicans don't give a dang about no. your children, your grandchildren, no. my children, my grandchildren. No. I made a prediction after about two weeks after Biden jumped in the race, Billy. Oh. And uh, with the way his demeanor is and what have you, I say by the 4th of July, they are going to be checking him into in a hospital saying he's fatigued and he's worn out. Actually, it's going to be a mental hospital because the guy is mental. He runs You know, J.D., there's a young 72 and an old 77. Trump is 72 going on 52, and Joe Biden is 77 going on 107. That guy doesn't look right. No, he doesn't look right. He doesn't talk right. He has no energy. And, you know, how the hell can you when you got one foot in your mouth and the other one up your butt? That's how he's running. With one foot in his mouth and one foot in his butt. You know, JD, that's a pretty that's a pretty good line. You, you know, you got to mark that. I'm going to have Jesse. I'm going to have Rich Valdez mark that. That's a pretty good line you just said right there. I like that. I've been using it for about six months, and I give you permission on Sunday night when we listen to you out here uh, uh, a little later in the night in the day to use it at, at will. And I also use it on Columbus's Dave shows. So yeah, he got one foot up his butt, one foot in his mouth. I don't see how he can run anymore. He's he's legless. 
Joe Biden, how about him flipping the... Uh, Joe Biden just said two days ago that I'm a Roman Catholic. That's a core principle of my life. Taxpayers who oppose abortion should not fund the killing of babies in the womb. That's fundamental. Here Yesterday, well, I flipped on that one because I was told by my handlers that I couldn't win the Democratic nomination if I continued to support of the Hyde Amendment, which bans federal money used to pay for abortions. But he flipped on a core principle because of political expediency. He has no conviction. And, you know, we should all uh, send him to his campaign office a pair of flip-flops. Uh, former Secretary of Defense uh, Gates, who worked, I think, for four different presidents, had it right what he quoted in his book a couple of months back, a year ago. Uh, Joe Biden hasn't been right on anything in 40 years. So how in the hell can the, you know, I thought Biden would be the hardest guy to beat. No. I think it might be the easiest because I don't think he'll make it till November 3rd of 2020. The only thing that worries me, Bill, is that we have a convention. They have a convention that's deadlocked with all of these people getting 200 or 300 delegates, and somebody from the floor nominates my bell, Michelle. Michelle, my bell. I mean, well, how about Hillary? Why don't they nominate Hillary or maybe Stacey Abrams? Wouldn't that be great? They'd have to recitate Hillary, first of all. Something's wrong with her, too. She's not right. No, the, the whole Democratic Party is not right, Billy. It's not the party that we grew up, you know, that we knew when we were kids and younger. Uh, it's, it's not JFK. It's not Scoop Jackson. No. These, pe- these people are off the wall, and they, uh, you know, they are going so left uh, that they might all wind up in the uh, Pacific Ocean. Yeah, uh, let's talk. Uh, you called in to talk about uh, China, where uh, uh, Biden's son has made hundreds of millions of dollars out of China. The media won't cover. But but isn't we have the first president in our history to stand up to the communist heathens, the atheists in the red China to defend American values. And the media is on the side, of course, of the Chinese. But isn't it amazing how ignorant Joe Biden is about China? Well, he, uh, he, he said when he uh, rolled out, he said, hey, man, they're no competition to us. They're good folks. We, we, we could eat their lunch. Well, <laughs> I think no the opposite clue. is happening. He has no clue. I mean, here's a man who was vice president for eight years, just two years ago, and he don't know nothing about China. He don't, he even don't know, know nothing. He, he don't know nothing because he's got one foot in his mouth, the other foot up his butt. And he don't even know where the islands are. He's talking about the islands on the west side. No, no, the east side. Uh, you know, everything he's <laughs> I mean, Gosh. We, sh- we should all send him a pair of flip-flops and flood his campaign office. All right, J.D., hey, we got to run. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Andrew in Newark, New Jersey. Andrew in Newark, God bless you if you're living in Newark. Welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Go ahead. Go ahead, Andrew. I grew up a block away from Newark in East Orange, and I got to see the travesty of the, the Democrat that ran the city, the black Democrats versus the conservatives. It was how the, how'd they do? How did Cory Booker do as mayor? They In East Orange, they had the number one uh, murder per capita when I was a kid, which was only four blocks away. And Democrats. The, mayor, the mayor now, uh, Roz Baraka, I was at a rally for a local with the local news, yeah. and it was Jim Brown, who's a good patriot. He has, like, anti-gang rallies. So the mayor was speaking, and I said, to him, I grew up right up the street from here in South Orange, and it was a black neighborhood. Nobody shot each other on the weekends. It was unheard of. And I said, the difference is here in Newark, you don't have the two parents in the home, yeah. you have teen pregnancy, and and the mayor got nasty and he started chopping me, you know, insulting me. He said two lies. He said, oh, it doesn't matter if you have a father. 
which is a lie. And he said the economy is better in South Orange. So it's a double lie. There is no economy. It's just a small town. And, um, of course, it matters. And even Obama admitted that it mattered, even though his policies contradict. So that's why I fought against them. And the NFL kneelers, I would call ESPN radio and the fans, and I would debate. Uh, I would say, okay, you're taking a knee, but in Chicago over the 4th of July weekend, there was 100 black-on-black shootings Sure, just in that one city. Well, Andrew, look at it this way. I've read the stats. I know the I know the fact. Here's the fact of the matter. If you do these three things, you can be black, white, yellow, red, or polka dot. If you graduate from high school, number two, do not commit crime, and number three, get married before you have children. Do those three things. The odds of you making it in America is over ninety percent. Don't make a difference. In other words, graduate from high school, and then you got to work. Don't commit crime. Don't have babies. That's all it takes. Do those four things, you'll have a successful life. That's it. And that's what the people, the black people in my neighborhood in South Orange and Maplewood, it was unheard of. Teen pregnancy was unheard of. It was almost like probably 80% two-parent home. And I was nervous at that um, you know, rally. But then people, all black people afterwards came up to me. I interviewed. They said, no, you're right. It's a multifaceted. It's economic. It's a breakdown of the family. So once when I first spoke out, my wife, who came here from Thailand, she was asking me, what are you saying on the radio? I would call Geraldo's show, and we would actually agree on that. And she told me, it sounds like you're against black people. And I, I was real stunned. I told her, no, it's the opposite. I grew up with black people. I support welfare, but not, not like the Democrats. Who get well, Andrew, out. the racism charges you should shut people like you up. Just call, label you a racist, and that'll shut you up. But the fact of the matter, it's not about racism, it's about behavior. Graduate from high school, work, don't have kids out of wedlock, and don't commit crime. That's all it takes to be successful in America today. But the Democratic Party doesn't like that message because that creates capitalism, freedom-loving Americans, and not government dependency. The Democratic Party relies upon governmental actions to keep large numbers of the American people in tow to their philosophy and keep them in power so the checks keep coming. That's the difficulty that we're fighting. And, and Andrew, I ask you this last question. Do you have a sense we're winning or losing? I think we're winning, but we're, <laughs> we were asking, well, why did the black vote go so heavily? Because you were talking about health care, the cost, because the Democrats successfully in the inner cities, especially made people dependent where health care is so expensive in college. So they've they've sucked people in, even though the people are awake. They're not ignorant, but the cost of college, the cost of health care. And lastly, you talked about Cory Booker. He was I really liked him at first he said he he patterned himself after mayor giuliani he, right. he was about making the city safe right so tax revenue business would set up but he never ever ever spoke about the father in the home and that just incensed me and i would see him and and the congressmen and the mayors driving in their eighty thousand dollar mercedes sure. you know it's just despicable but we're helping I'm here to help, and so are you. Keep up the good work. Andrew, thank you for your call. we got to go, but thanks for your call from Newark. And, and I'll say this. I have a sense that we're not winning. If this president, with his policies, he makes Ronald Reagan look like a liberal. If Trump does not win in 2020 and the country continues to flip to the left as it did in 2018, 
We are in long-term difficulties, long-term problems. This election, every election, I've said it for, I've been on the radio for 36 years, and I've said it many times, This ele- boy, this election is important. Boy, I tell you what, this election is critical to the survivability of this republic. Because if we lose the House, the Senate, and the presidency, November the 3rd of 2020, this country fundamentally changes the philosophy of AOC and Nancy Pelosi and the Hamas coalition and the House of Representatives will dominate. And suddenly the fear about the environment or the fear about immigrants will be used in order to have the government crack down on dissent to make sure all the social media continues to be liberal and conservative messages will be drowned out in the marketplace. This election is the most critical of your lifetime or mine. So let's continue with more. If a line becomes available, 877-381-3811. Bill Cunningham, the great American, and for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Are not a racist. Clarence Thomas, perhaps the greatest Supreme Court justice of the past uh, 30 years, has been vilified repeatedly by the NAACP, by their mainstream media. He can't appear in certain locations because he committed the mortal sin of, uh, of uh, conservatism, and that is being black. He is judging while black as a conservative, and the media cannot permit the judicial and academic excellence of Clarence Thomas to be recognized because he gives legitimacy to conservatism. And, you know, the media cannot permit that to, to occur. One of the greatest men of our time is Clarence Thomas. He is vilified by the national press and by most African-Americans because they're told to hold those viewpoints by the NAACP, by Al Sharpton, by Jesse Jackson, by Louis Farrakhan, by Barack Hussein Obama, by the liberals who teach them what to believe and how to believe. Very little independent thought going on. I am proud to live in a country as an attorney with Clarence Thomas on the on the U.S. Supreme Court. One other great thinker is Thomas Sowell. One other great thinker in St. Louis is Kevin Jackson of the Black Sphere. If you want to hear about good black conservatism and read about it, go to the Black Sphere. Kevin Jackson in St. Louis does a fabulous job. Completely unrecognized by the mainstream media because it doesn't reflect their values. And, and so as we go forward, understand the media is the megaphone of the Democratic Party. They will cover Democrats completely differently than they cover Republicans. Trump can do nothing right, and Obama could do nothing wrong, no matter what it was. By any fair estimate, whether it was Lois Lerner or Fast and Furious, whether it was eavesdropping on AP reporters and wiretapping James Rosen of Fox News, if Trump had wiretapped a reporter or got warrants against the AP to snoop, all hell did and would break out. But because a Democrat does it, especially a black Democrat, they are inoculated from any criticism of the mainstream media. And the word, the R word is repeatedly used by liberals to shut people up or, or just simply to label them. So no debate needs to be engaged because the debate springs from person has been labeled incorrectly by the liberals as a racist. When Trump talked about Charlottesville, he meant those in favor and those opposed to the Confederate monuments. He was not referring to good people on the side of the white nationalists or on behalf of Antifa. But that's a rather a sharp point the media did not want to make. So, uh. Keep that in mind. So let's continue. And once again, I want to thank uh, 
The great one, Mark Levin, he got a hold of me two or three weeks ago to pinch it for him on June the 7th. I said, when's that? Two or three weeks from now, I'll do it. Every time I do this, I'm energized by the quality of calls that I receive and the strength of the audience developed by Mark Levin over the past 10 to 15 years. Mark Levin is a great American. Thanks for listening tonight. Have a great weekend. Bill Cunningham, the great American, and for the great one, Mark Levin. 